Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Thank you Vinny. Thank for having me. Very nice to be here. I was enjoying your intro. It's very American. <laughs> yeah, they, if you wanted to put a Portuguese uh, feel to it, what would you do to change it? Well, Portuguese have quite unique cultural traditions, like our popular music and popular dances are um, kind of like folk folk lore. I don't know what, what you would compare it to there in... Uh, the US, but usually we are also a lot more chilled. So mm. your intro very much sounded like a start of a sports game. And <laughs> Portugal people are very, very chill. So you will have like a chill music and you will have, or sometimes you will have something funny, but it's usually not go out there. <laughs> uh, so a little, a little relaxed, but don't worry. We're gonna, we'll keep it a little relaxed right now. Um, <laughs> let's, let's talk into it, Anna. I mean, with yourself, I mean, how would you describe yourself and your, your team? Well, I started this business because I didn't like the way that the real estate market worked here in Portugal. And um, eventually I just had this light bulb moment where, oh, maybe I can do this differently. And I started developing this whole business model. And uh, while I was midway through that, I kind of realized that the way that I was envisioning things is actually quite similar to the way that things already work in America. Uh, so what our, um, my business and my team thrives for is transparency, technical knowledge and um, quality of service. So it's very important for me that our clients have all the information on their site, and that is good things and bad things. We are very transparent about everything. We are always making sure that everything is verified. So we have a team of lawyers and we also work with engineers in order to screen all the property and make sure as much as possible that there won't be any surprises. And then of course we provide a, a very uh, thorough and uh, custom, uh, custom support uh, and we, kind of create a personal relationship with most of our clients. I have clients from two years ago that still message our agents every now and again, go for a coffee, so. <laughs> with documents and, and disclosures, um, what's, I mean, how in depth are they like, so we're based in um, California on uh, the US and disclosures, documents, um, and there's not, not need for a, um, an attorney, it's escrow officers. But for, for you guys out there in Portugal, is it pretty in-depth or is it fairly, I mean, minimal amount of pages for like disclosures, documents, things like that? Yeah, uh, most my client, American clients are usually very surprised of the way things work unless they have researched before. So there you have a very thorough verification process and you also have a very thorough licensing process for real estate agents. Mm -hmm. And that license gets taken away if someone screws up. So here there is very little verification on the market and actually the state doesn't even know how many real estate agencies there are because oh. basically you can obtain a, a license and what you need to do is pay a fee, get an insurance, make sure you have no criminal record and apply for it through the public uh, uh, registry office and then it eventually gets approved. And if a company gets a license, 
uh, they can share it with their employees. And no one is controlling whether or not you are actually training those employees. So what happens in a lot of instances is that uh, companies, especially bigger companies, create a very competitive uh, environment while it is each for their own and they provide a very commercial training where the goal is to get as much uh, house signings as possible and whoever sells it first stays and whoever doesn't sell gets discarded because in most cases the agents are paid commission so it doesn't even come at the direct cost for the company. So this leads to a very competitive environment. Well, agents are often trying to hide things for, from each other and often actually avoid collaborating with others. And it also leads for them trying to sell as fast as possible and being very pressured, pressuring, I mean, because um, another problem is that exclusivity is actually not that common here in Portugal. So you can have 10 agencies and 10 agents selling the same house and whoever gets it first gets commission. Everyone else doesn't get paid. So you can imagine the kind of environment that that creates and adding that with um, very increased interest internationally that Portugal has been attracting recently due to the high condition of life and security that the, the country provides, uh, it's created the perfect storm for a drastic increase in real estate prices. Uh, to give you a very specific example, I bought a property back in 2016 in Portimao, so that's one of the um, um, cities down in the Algarve that it's our uh, it's our California pretty much it's where people go to the beach and you have the beautiful coastlines and it's very very popular for retirement and I bought a two-bedroom new apartment and it still had construction guarantee for 140,000 euros and currently their apartment is probably worth 250,000 euros uh, what, I mean, what, what are questions that someone should ask uh, to make sure they get the right realtor in Portugal? Well, I still believe that it's a very good idea to get a buyer agent if you are looking to buy, because in most cases, the selling agents will be trying to sell you the house as their, it is their job, but they will not be defending the buyer's interest. Of course, there are occasionally people that are integral and don't um, hide information and so on. But we even often have cases from agencies where the when they send us over the documentation from the properties, there are things that are illegal or unregistered or it's not in the person that it's the person's name. And it's unfortunately common for people not to do their due diligence so i highly recommend for buyers to get buyers agents that are actually on their side and not people that are just trying to get uh, their portfolio moving which is of course a very valid job but not in the buyer's best interests well let's, let's rewind let's rewind to a young anna who was young anna growing up and i know you have a background in, in real estate with your kind of family i mean but who was young anna growing up 
Actually, young Anna has absolutely nothing to do with property in most cases. So I studied design. And um, once I finished university, my father kind of picked me up and said, look, we have this property falling apart. Do something about it. (laughs) And we're talking about... uh, well, you don't do square meters, but a very big property in the countryside that is pre-16th century. And, well, it's a very, very expensive renovation. So I develop a hotel project for it. And I do everything. That's actually where I started my road to entrepreneurship. I picked up that project and I developed the whole thing from scratch. I created a concept. I worked alongside the architecture and the engineering. I got everything approved on Town Hall. And then I applied for public funding. I got a very good grade on the project itself, but it got failed due to a technicality because we didn't realize that the financing uh, period for rural projects were smaller than the financing period for uh, city projects, for some reason, don't ask me why. And so the project was no longer viable in that um, smaller time frame that it want- they'd wanted, so they failed the project, which obviously made me very frustrated. <laughs> but that was my where I got the entrepreneurship bug from. And my father also kind of decided that I had a good profile to manage property because my family thankfully has a lot of property. And since very early, he got me involved with that. Um, And, you know, I handled, uh, he explained and got me involved in renovations and in uh, leases and in terminating leases, getting sales done and so on and so forth. So I had worked with a bit of all of that before I got myself into this. And on top of that, I also have two judges in the family. So the whole checking the law thing was very drilled into me. <laughs> what now? <clears throat> so at that time, did you have an interest of kind of following your, your father's path? So you wanted to basically focus on design, maybe work for his company. I mean, what, what were your plans at that time? Well, I very much wanted to go to fashion design school, so it has everything to do. (laughs) But turns out while I was developing that project for my my father, that actually was a a rural charm hotel focused on bird watching. That's the project I developed. And um, during that period, I actually started really enjoying this whole entrepreneurship thing, this creating this project and seeing it grow and adapting. Uh, it definitely was a, a great learning experience. I even went to Shark Tank here in Portugal. <laughs> that was a, a curious one. I, I'm not repeating that again. <laughs> but yes, I actually discovered that I very much enjoyed to create and develop businesses. What was the product that you were selling at on uh, the Portugal Shark Tank? It was the Rural Charm Hotel. Oh, gotcha, okay. It was mostly a, an advertisement stunt. I just was trying to get any investor to pick up interest. Uh, it didn't really work, but I tried. <laughs> so, so those avenues aren't really working out for you. I mean, what happens next? I mean, where's the from there to 
to starting your real estate uh, company I come about? Well, that's really that is moving forward about 10 years during the pandemic in 2020, my father passed away. So um, I always thought that uh, he would leave to see the project that we developed together happening. And when he passed away, it just kind of hit me like a train that time runs out. And so I decided that I wanted to do something positive with what I learned from him and the experience that he gave me. And that one of my main goals was to make that project happen. Well, to make that project happen, I needed 2 million euros. So I decided I was going to start a new business. And it had to be something that um, dealt with high amounts of money because my goal is quite big. And so I decided I was going to go into real estate. And at first I was a bit not looking forward to it because of the way the market works. But at some point I just crossed paths with a British lady that was purchasing a property in the Algarve. And she was talking about in a video uh, about how hard it was and how frustrating the process was, especially because she wasn't really concerned about a location. She was mostly concerned about uh, an ideal and a lifestyle. And it was so hard to find someone that was just willing to look for that because most agents are location specific. And a light bulb just went out in my head and like, oh, I can do that. I can work with this kind of people. And so I started developing a business that uh, matched my ethics and matched my ideals and also helped people while I could help myself um, follow my goal and get to my goal of developing the hotel project that I created with my father. And that's basically how Savy Cat Realty come, came into existence. So the the purpose of, of building, I guess, the real estate team and getting to, to real estate full time was to to fund this big goal of this development. Yes, it was one of the main drives. Yeah. But um, I am a, um, kind of a rebel, let's say that. <laughs> and I do like to fix problems. And I did know that there was a problem in the real estate market. And so I kind of decided I want to help solve that problem. So I just drove, drove my energy towards two things that I think are positive and uh, not only for me, but also contributing to uh, what I believe is right. How did jumping into, I guess, this real estate field that you're again, your your father had a, a hold on doing developments and so on and so forth. I mean, a lot of relatives. How did that uh, factor in into you? building your business? Well, it's actually curious in my family because the whole real estate development and investment um, profile kind of skipped my father's generation. Mm. So it came from the generation before them. So I have on my father's side, it was my great uncle that was a, a great investor inside, uh, despite the fact that he was clergy. 
and he even uh, um, developed and funded the one of the cathedrals in Portugal, the one in uh, Marques. Uh, and um, my most of my well, all of my father's generation inherited the property for them, but they kind of just left it be. Each of them had their own things happening and uh, their own jobs, and that property was very much a background thought. So what happened is that it was very mismanaged and most of the things just were left be for decades. And my father, uh, being a, a very intelligent man, he actually did start his own company, but as a, a technician, and he was uh, one of the first software developers in Portugal. Uh, and he did realize the problem. He would tell me, like, this, we have this and this problem with the property, but um, I don't want to solve it. I want you to solve it, pretty much, kind of thing. <laughs> so he started getting me involved on that. And I've been trying to help manage my family property, but dealing with family is often harder than dealing with clients. <laughs> I'm guessing you have a lot, a lot of siblings then. No, I actually just have two siblings, uh, an older one and a younger one. Uh, my my siblings are pretty easy to deal with. It's mostly the older generation, so my my father's siblings and so on that are a bit conservative, and it's very hard to convince them to do any kind of change. Got it. Now, as you're as you're growing this business, what was the first process that you started to do to to get clients uh, to work with you? Well, I started getting myself out there, and as an introvert, that was a very hard process because I don't enjoy visibility, but I understand it is necessary for a business. So I started doing YouTube videos, and I started uh, getting uh, interviews and participating in groups of expats and so on. And eventually, I started even getting invited to some interviews. And one of the interviews I gave it was just it was like a month before I launched the business. It went viral, and uh, well, not viral, viral, but within the community that was my target audience, I guess. And I got completely flooded in clients. And at the time I was alone and I decided at that point, okay, my I always had a very ambitious goal of working in the whole country. And I knew that I would have to have a structure and a team in order to do that. So when this happened and it confirmed the need for the service I provide in the market, I decided to invest in uh, creating a team. And it was a very bumpy road because I was learning about the, uh, a lot of things and dealing with a lot of culture clashes. I learned how fast paced everything in America was in comparison to Portugal. If you don't reply to someone for three days, they will go nuts on you. That was a very, very thorough experience. <laughs> so here in Portugal, we, we are very relaxed and slow paced. And it's actually pretty common for people not to say anything for a week. Wow. And yeah, that's not happening with Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was a learning process. I did learn uh, lose some clients throughout the process. I kept others. 
I grew my team. It was in the middle of the pandemic, so everything was very slow. And um, we had a lot of clients that wanted to move forward with the process, but then they couldn't get their trip scheduled and then everything started getting postponed. And it was very hard for me as an entrepreneur because I, I was hiring people and I had to pay their salaries because I, I all of my team is not on commission. Everyone is on contract because the, the service I provide, the service my agents provide is a concierge service. They, my agents are not commercials. They are not trying to sell property to the client or find property to, uh, to sell. They are just acting as uh, intermediaries and concierges, helping the clients getting settled in the best way possible. And uh, my company does, does the, the, the networking and the lead generation and just attributes the clients to the agents. And the clients are even able to work with multiple agents throughout the process as they explore different areas. So that means that is a very high cost to me as a business owner. And with all those delays, it was very hard financially. Uh, on the end of the first year, um, I was worried, um, but everything turned out uh, uh, fine. So next year, 2021, uh, well, 2022, clients started being able to come and close their deals and I was able to turn things over but it definitely was a painful process. <laughs> I can probably see the answer to this question, but I'm curious to, if I'm on the right page, is that is the reason why you have everyone as an employee instead of basically a private contractor where they're making commissions, is, is it because of like the issues that you've already kind of called about where mm -hmm. there's like uh, dishonesty and things like that that can happen? Yes. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to build was a trustworthy um, team. Uh -huh. And in order to build a trustworthy team, I had to provide them with good work environment and good uh, guarantees. So I this was my own ethics. So I didn't want to do the thing I was criticizing others for doing. So that was very much my my logic too. And it was also because my service was structured in a completely different way. So because my agents are not commercials, it doesn't make a lot of sense to put them on a commission-based structure. Got it. Um, in, in growing this brand, uh, Savvy Cat, what's been the biggest hurdle i know you talked about basically the COVID times where everything was kind of locked down is there anything else of like the hiring process or anything else that has been kind of like a, a hiccup in growing your brand well um growing is definitely a very uh uncomfortable process mm -hmm. <laughs> so i came i started alone in february 2021 and currently I have 11 people on my team. Oh. So that's a, a big growth. <laughs> and there was of course a lot of things. One of the big clashes in the beginning was the uh, cultural clashes and trying to adapt to the different cultures and adapt my service and improve my service. I would say that the first year was very much about structuring the service and the team. And uh, one of the reasons I'm working on getting visible again now, because I kind of stayed a bit on the margins, uh, uh, it was because now I feel like I do have 
the structure that I wanted initially. So I have the full country coverage and I have the backup, the, uh, the back office team and everything is in place so that now I can take clients comfortably without having to worry that the processes throughout won't work because that was definitely something that I had to um, adjust a lot and learn a lot with in order to optimize my processes. And of course, the legal side of things was also uh, a, a lot of learning experience because here in Portugal, um, we have a socialist government that protects the, the people and the workers a lot in detriment of the employer. So we have a lot of laws that are very hard for the employer. And um, the real estate laws are also made around selling houses and not helping people buy houses. They do have the existence of buyer agents predicted, but the, the work of buyer agents is actually not regulated in the Portuguese real estate law. So I had to develop a whole new system in order to work with that in a way that I prepared, protected myself and my clients and was doing everything legally. The, um, I mean, being that you've talked about, there's a scarcity mindset, right? Where a lot of the, the realtors uh, in Portugal don't like really helping out the other realtors and they like to kind of keep it for themselves. I mean, you kind of talked about that a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> With yourself, how did you build your brand? Who were you using for guidance? Was there a, a template that you were kind of following or was it everything by the, the seat of your pants? I pretty much created everything on my own. And, and I learned a lot uh, throughout the experience and I adapted according to the feedback I got. Of course, um, not everything is bad. We do have been working with some great agencies. And throughout these two years, we created a good network of people and resources. And one of the things that is also a lot better now is that we know who we can work well with and who doesn't work so well. And we are completely transparent with our clients on that. Like if they want a house that we know it's an agent that we had problems with, with the, in the past, we will tell them, look, the, this happened with this agency. We will still help you, but it's just a warning. Like this may happen again. Mm. And um, the standard practice here in Portugal is that the selling agency, the ones that sign the house, charge a 5% commission. And it's usually standard practice that that commission gets divided half half between the ones representing the buyer and the ones representing the seller, which is another reason that most people really like to try and represent the buyer too, because that way they get the full commission. Yeah. Uh, it's illegal in Portugal to be paid for by both the seller and the buyer, but the way that the system works, it just works out that you still represent the seller and the buyer, but you are just being paid by the seller. So that's why this happens. And the other problem is that because there is so much mistrust in real estate agents and agencies in Portugal, I would say that 90, 80% of the Portuguese people 
don't provide exclusivity because they don't trust the agencies. And the, the logic behind that is that the more people there is selling my house, the more likely it is for me to sell, which is a fine logic from a, a seller perspective. But what ends up happening is that the agencies are working about against each other and it kind of creates a problem on the market because if you have 10 agencies working, uh, selling the same house, often one of them sells the house, but the other ones don't know. So the house is still on the market and you are still getting contacts for it. And the other agencies are still trying to sell it. And at some point, just someone told you, oh, uh, it was already sold. So that is one of the frustrations that my clients face a lot is that they often get interested in property that is actually already not in the market. Is there any sort of set? Um, we have a platform it's called multiple listing service here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Is there a set uh, a place where all the, the properties go online or? Is it word of mouth or what's the process? We have um, we have some main listing websites that is Imor Virtual and um, Idealista and a few big platforms where most of the people go to. And there is an MLS system. However, it's only accessible for professionals and people with licenses. Mm -hmm. So it's not accessible for the general public. We do use it to consult. It gives a lot of useful information, like how long it's been on the market, if it's gone price up and down, how many agencies are listing it, uh, all of those things. Another thing that is a, a big cultural clash from America to Portugal is the timings. So especially in California, uh, things, well, I think that the market is a bit calmer now, but uh, back when I started, I knew people would sell their houses in like days. <laughs> and that's never happening here. <laughs> <laughs> so if something goes very, very fast, it maybe will sell in a month, but it's usually it stays in the market for at least six months, uh, three months in places with very high, my high demand, like Lisbon, never a few days. <laughs> Well, I mean, especially if the if the mindset, the Portuguese mindset is uh, it's OK to respond back to an email uh, in a week time frame. I would think it'd be very hard to get something to move fairly quick, uh, so having that kind of uh, comfortability of, of just taking it slow. Yeah. And that's uh, a very big frustration for international clients. They try to reach out to the agencies and they are often just ignored. Yeah. And uh, because uh, even when they're not ignored, we've often they just try to sell them something else that's on their portfolio. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you foresee in the, in the future to expand outside of Portugal? I do hope to do that on a long time frame, but I'm still working my way uh, in Portugal. Right now, I am planning to expand to the islands. So in Portugal, we have the Madeira Island and the Zorge Island. I'm planning to expand to Madeira this year and the Zorge next year. And um, then after that, after I feel like everything is working smoothly here in Portugal, I will probably consider expanding to different countries. Thank you, Anna, uh, mm -hmm. so much for being on the Road to Coast podcast. If people are listening, what's the best way for them to get in contact with you or Savvy Cat Realty? You can always check our website at www.savvycatrealty.com. And you can also uh, contact us directly at contact at savvycatrealty.com, where my uh, assistant and administrative Katia will respond to any queries you have. 
We, in regards, we have actually renting services and buying services, and we help both with the relocation process, getting supports in obtaining the documentation from the visa and the choosing the right visa. Uh, and then, of course, getting the, the rental or um, property purchase in the right location and neighborhood. Um, in our for the rental packages, they can be purchased directly through our website. The buying packages do require a pre-call with uh, an investment management, uh, and that can be me or my investment management uh, manager, Andrea. And only after that call where we uh, make sure that the um, expectations are in line, we move forward to uh, a buying package. Our, our, all our prices are listed on our website and we are also always very transparent about uh, what we provide and how much it costs. I'm going to just finish off one last question, Anna. I know you started in this building Savvy Cat Realty because of this big goal and your, your father wasn't able to, to be around. I mean, if he could look at your business now, do you have an idea of what he would say uh, of what you've accomplished? I think he would be very proud. I mean, I mean, I'm proud of myself. Probably my teenage self would never imagine that I would own a real estate company now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've told people in the past that when I was in college, I was like, I'm never getting to real estate. And then <laughs> life happens, right? I told that more than once in my life. <laughs> I said that more than once in my life. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anna, for being here. Hopefully everyone listening got some, some great information right there. If you're looking to make Portugal home, if you're looking to make Portugal an investment, if you're looking to, I mean, just expand to, to another country, um, please, please go on the show notes, go find Anna, go find Savvy Cat. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe, please share, and go find Anna. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.